you, you scratch your head and you wonder about how that is, but all you can do is be the best advocate for your child you can be. You're listening to Orlando Impact, a podcast dedicated to shining the spotlight on purpose-driven leaders in our city. Here's your co-host, Andy Young. Welcome to Orlando Impact. My name is Andy Young, your co-host of the show, and I'm one of the financial advisors at the Life Wealth Group. We're here today with Matt Morgan, the Commissioner of Longwood, Florida, District 4. Matt, thanks so much for being here. Love for you to share a little bit of the background about yourself. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I like the work that you're doing in the community and showcasing and highlighting those that are trying to give back and do the right thing. Uh, with their given platforms or using whatever they do as a vehicle to do good toward fellow man, right? That's what we're supposed to be doing here on the planet. That's <laughs> yeah. what we're putting here on the planet to do. To, to my understanding, at least that's how it's supposed to work. But uh, nonetheless, uh, back my background, it would be not sounding full of myself, but it, it will be here all day. But in a nutshell, a uh, very, very complex one. I started off my uh, early childhood education in special education, first to fifth grade, worked my tail off. I had a learning disability called attention deficit disorder. Like I said, I worked my tail off, learned certain structures and principles that I needed to apply in order for me to learn the best way that I can learn and retain information. was able to key in on that. Once I hit about middle school, I got mainstreamed and got nothing short of first honors once I figured it out all the way then moving through college as well. Got an athletic scholarship at uh, Monmouth University, appeared in the school's first NCAA tournament versus Marquette, then transferred out to Chaminade University in Honolulu, Hawaii, where I met my uh, now wife and mother to my son, and uh, played basketball on scholarship. And once upon graduating, is the same question everybody asks, what am I going to do now? Probably not good enough to play in the NBA or the NFL. I had trials for both, um, for the Raptors and Pacers in the NBA and the Rams for the NFL. But uh, right around the time of the trial for my Rams, I met Vince McMahon, the owner of WWE, same one, two towns over from where I'm originally from in Fairfield, Connecticut. Longer story short, talked to me about a reality show they were going to be having coming up called MTV WWF Tough Enough. Threw my name in the hat for that. Got very luckily picked. And that uh, I didn't win the reality show, but nonetheless, they still signed me to a contract anyway. That turned into a 13-year professional wrestling career for me, uh, one I'm very proud of. Me and my wife have been trying to have kids for many, many years in my during my wrestling career. And it took us about 10 years or 11 years or so through all different types of IVF procedures and none of them worked. We were told we couldn't have kids. And by the grace of God, when we weren't trying, we somehow, you know, naturally got pregnant. My son Jackson was born. Uh, Jackson, anybody that follows me on my social media pages on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, they'll see I talk a lot about my son. My son Jackson is now four and a half years old and he has he's nonverbal autistic, moderate to severe on the spectrum. And so once I stepped out of the side of wrestling, and I did that once my son was born, I retired from wrestling when he was born. And again, started saying, what can I do? What can I do to, to, to give back? You know, I've been very, very lucky with so many cool successes I've had in my life at that stage in my life, you know, between wrestling and good grades and getting scholarships, good, good stuff had happened. Now, now it's done, you know, well, what can I continue to do to give back? And they're in Longwood, my, where I live. Uh, they were having a, a campaign, uh, an election coming up. And a lot of neighbors had asked me to run. They thought I'd be good, a good leader. And I'd be very honest. Uh, I'm a no-party affiliate. So and I have a very big mouth. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it, it made, it, I threw my name in the hat to see, you know, how I would do. And I went door knocked every single door possible. Told everybody my story of why I want to run for commissioner of Longwood. Some changes our city needed to desperately make. 
we're a great, sleepy, charming uh, city. We really are. It's a small city. It's about eight miles. And so it's a small city, right? But there's so many things that younger families would like to have here in our city because we're the city you drive through to get to Lake Mary, to get to Altima Springs, to get to Castleberry. And I was like, I get, I get sick of hearing that. So once I became commissioner, I wanted to be able to start doing things to make people stay here in Longwood for entertainment. Stay here to go eat somewhere. Stay here to have their kids go to the best schools. And uh, while that's a very lofty goal, we've been able to turn that around. Um, we've opened a multi-million million dollar park here. The best is Seminole County. It's really incredible, the park we have here. It's called Ryder Park. And a whole host of other different things. We've brought, we've brought public. Just my first year alone since last November, we brought in Publix. LA Fitness is coming in. That's something as simple as Taco Bell, but it's a big deal for our city. Yeah. Widening up certain roads and improving the roads. Whole new apartments coming in, new homes coming in. So the way it works is if you want to improve your city and you do want these bigger brands of business to come, you have to hit a certain number of residents in order for them to even, you know, look your way. So like the fact that we had publics coming in was really cool. And a lot of that was, believe it or not, determined on the outcome of my last year's election between myself and some other commissioners. Wow. Um, because the city is a great city, but it, it, it generally would cater to those that lived here 30, 40, 50 years. And we can do that. There's no reason we can't continue to do that. But we also need to start looking about our, uh, about our future. And uh, that's what I've been really pushing hard on my agenda is for our kids, teenagers, high school kids age, and then you have the young families. You know, I want to be able to make it a place for young families to not only just, you know, find a home for them to live in and want to live here and put them in the best schools, but stay here. Because that's what happens. A lot of times these young families move here, but they move out. They move to something better in Altamont or like Mary. I'm trying to find ways to keep them here because the way it works, the way I see it is these kids, the young ones, the youth, they go out and they hit it big. My goal is to get them to come back here and give back to the community. In order for them to do that, they need to be emotionally invested in our community. And that's up to us to do that with them and engage them. That's what I'm trying to do. That's amazing. I I appreciate you sharing that, Matt. So you hit on a few different things with that, that you kind of had a long journey to where you're at now. So from, from basketball into professional wrestling, even a, a little bit, uh, I can remember on American Gladiators. <laughs> oh, that. how did I leave uh, that out? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. We, we forgot to mention with the Beast on American Gladiators. Yeah. Uh, but with that, the, the journey along the way, I appreciate you sharing with that. You do, it sounds like you, you continue to, to develop that passion for education of youth and helping out to be able to grow. I, I don't know if it stemmed from your challenges when you were a child uh, that you mentioned with that of, of, of the ADD. But now you're, you're bringing a lot of passion to the area that you're in there in Longwood and, and greater Orlando of being able to help raise our youth and be able to help them out with getting a leg up. And a big part of that, I know, is on that autism awareness and being able to, I don't think a lot of people understand how many children are affected by that. Oh, my Lord. It's, it's, it's crazy how many. The, the, the numbers is staggering. Um, I don't have it on me right now, but about how many people come up to me and tell me they have someone in their family that is, you know, autistic. It's, it's staggering how many times you keep hearing this. And it may just start to wonder, like, why all of a sudden now, why in this generation is it, is it being so, you know, heavily uh, found out? You know what I mean? Why, why, why is it now all of a sudden there's so many different kids out there that are autistic versus back when we were kids? I, I very rarely heard that word autism, you know, autism or autistic in the 1980s. Heck, ADHD was was uh, brand new at the time in 1983 um, <laughs> when I was first diagnosed. Um, so, like, uh, you, you, you scratch your head and you wonder about how that is. But all you can do is 
be the best advocate for your child you can be and you fight like hell to get every inch you can for that child, every advantage you can get for that child. And on uh, Jackson's case, he's nonverbal for now. And I always say for now because he will talk. But uh, we, we throw six different specialists at him per week that come in and out of his school, in and out of his daycare. And then you have us at home working with him at nighttime. And it's a nonstop thing. It's just something that doesn't stop. And it's, it can be intimidating times you know when it doesn't work and he's having these meltdowns and you don't know why because he can't communicate it to you it's tough on him is what i always go back to he's not tough on us, on us. he's the one who can't communicate it can you imagine what's going through his head you know because he can't get it out so yeah. you would try to bear that in mind when when i when i say things like you know it's not easy to raise an autistic child it, it, it really i couldn't have it any other way when you really when i really break it down i always say this to my wife i'm like could you imagine if he didn't have this though? Like, what would this be? Like, would he be Jackson? Would, like, who would he? It would be so different. Yeah, it wouldn't be our Jackson. Yeah, it's 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 amazing to to watch your all's journey, and you share a tremendous amount on social media, which I think builds a lot of awareness around that as well. So so seeing the the things that you're doing and the progress that's being made is great with that. Now, Matt, obviously, there's struggles that you personally had along the way, you know, know, the challenges and struggles that you faced on your own journey, you know, kind of the transition of of moving from more of that professional athlete uh, to the the day to day, but then trying to bridge into politics. You know, maybe you could share a little bit with us some of the challenges and struggles that you faced along the way with your journey. Um, It's always with wrestling, what I always like the most about it was the fact that the companies always would, always would be good about charity and getting out in front of those less fortunate. You know, as a pro wrestler, you're very lucky to, to be a role model for a lot of different people out there or a big to-do or a celebrity or things like that. A, ugly word like celebrity, but <laughs> things like that people look up to you for, right? And and they put you in these companies, whether it's WWE or at the time when I was at TNA Impact Wrestling, they did a very good job always of getting you out to a place like the Walter Reed Clinic, where you walk into one of these veterans' rooms and they go absolutely bonkers because, holy shit, there's a booth Matt Morgan's here. This is awesome. <laughs> you know? Or, or, or different Toys for Tots. Millions of different charities, right? And you see what a smile you put on these people's faces. You see what a difference it makes, right? So now I become a father and I'm going, well, what have I done for my own city, though? You know, all these things I've done is have been great, but they've been in places like Houston, Texas, New York, New York, Brisbane, Australia, China, Japan, um, California. You know, not in Longwood, though. That's my hometown. That's where I'm raising my son now. Once you have a child, your your your, your peripheral completely changes. Your purview changes to just 100%. All across the board, it changes 180 degrees. And you look at things differently. So now I start asking, well, what am I doing here? I'm not really doing anything for my for my community, really, when you think about it. And it, it just matches up with what being a commissioner is because being a commissioner is your, your your job is to interpret law. That is the definition of the term commissioner per se. There's five commissioners in Longwood. Three of the five control the majority of what we do in this city as a city pertaining to law. So you're responsible for a whole host of different things, police and fire contracts, firefighter contracts, you know, you name it. We're responsible for so many different things here. But I take it a step upon myself to be very different. And uh, not that the others don't do as much, but they don't do like the, the, the stuff that I'm doing with the kids and making it my goal to put together a Longwood City Youth Council, for instance. We never had that here. Raise, uh, putting on a wrestling event here to raise $12,000, putting a brand new girls softball batting cage at our baseball field that they never had. Those girls never had a softball batting cage before. You know, things like that. My, my mission is, is, is like, 
quadruple prong. It's not just youth as well. It, it, it's taking care of our community that's here presently, that's been here for many, many years. But but the, the to answer your question a little bit more directly about the road to it, it was a very quick one, if I'm being very honest. It was a very, what am I doing? It was a very weird situation when I was like, what am I doing for my community? How can I best serve my community and start to step up? An election was coming up. People had always been asking me to run. And I was like, you know what? Instead of just being an armchair quarterback and talking smack about how great I would be if I was a commissioner or mayor and you guys don't know what they're doing, that kind of a thing, throw your name in the hat, step up to the plate and see if you could do better. Put your money where your mouth is, big guy. You know, and uh, so I did and I won. And I'd like to think, you know, I could be doing, there's others, I'm sure there's people that could say I could be doing better, but I'm giving it everything I have. And I think I'm doing very, very well. Well, wow. so it, it sounds like that you had a specific turning point along the way with that. What I heard, Matt, it was a turning point in your journey being when, when Jackson was born. Yeah. I hear that so often. I know I experienced it when our daughter was born. She's getting ready to come up on, on her first birthday, but it's it's amazing how it ties back to where now all of a sudden you start seeing things in your community that you didn't realize before. And if you want to change them, that you finally, you you decided to put action to it and not just talk about it, but do something. So that's it's always huge when I hear that. And you're doing a lot of right now making impact on your youth that you're you're shaping them, you're helping them with their guidance, that you're speaking at events, you know, everything from the, the Girl Scouts to the, the kickball tournament I remember last year. But uh, who along the way for you has been the biggest influence on you? As far as like, well, what are my choices here? Because yeah, I mean, just, just, yeah, but I mean, is there somebody along the, your journey that sticks out to you that kind of influenced you in what you're doing now? Huh. Politically, I would say no. Although, I mean, I know this probably isn't a popular answer, but, but, but watching how someone from the very, from, from the outside, like, like, like our president, Donald Trump, for example, somebody that's from, who had no business, no one would think he'd have any business in politics. What is he doing? Where is this coming from? He's going to run for president? You know, that kind of a thing. I remember thinking to myself, if he wins, Worst case scenario, it could potentially open up the floodgate for other people that may have not have thought they could win an election to become president, but really would be a really kick-ass president one day to run, if you know what I mean, because it would widen that net of people now that would want to, that and maybe wanted to do it, but are too scared because they're not wired into the game. They're not wired into the political mainframe. They don't have all these boosters and all these other people with hands in their pockets pushing them to the finish line. And then one day when you're president, don't forget about us. That kind of a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so just, just from the, not, not representing anything he represents, obviously, when I say this, but like, again, I'm a no party affiliate. I'm a Republican or Democrat. But just from like the celebrity aspect of someone like that, stepping up and doing that and then winning, you know, showed me where our country was at and saying, you know, something needs to change. And there's something about people respecting those that are brash, not brash, that's the wrong word. Those that are just very open and just very honest and they, they mean what they say and they say what they mean, but they don't go behind a closed door and then start talking in a completely different story like a lot of politicians do. Like with me, if you listen to any of my commission meetings, I'm just very blunt, you know, and it might get me in trouble sometimes. Other times it, it, people appreciate it because you'll always know where I'll stand. But, but going into this, like that was a small microcosm of an example of, of, of a slight influence, but the biggest influence is you know, definitely my, my, my father, my father passed away from a brain tumor. And a lot of things that I do is based off of, am I making my dad proud right now? Would my dad be happy with how I'm utilizing the blessed path that had been laid before me before, from Jesus, and, you know, from God? 
as far as being a professional wrestler and really hitting the lotto, so to speak, and having a, this, this, this amazing life and being on TV every single week and being a role model of so many kids out there, how am I utilizing that? Why am I still not utilizing that? Why am I not using it as a vehicle for something even bigger? That always would play through my head. That's what my dad would be saying. Well, well. You know? and, then, and then it follows it up with, and is he proud of me right now? Or is he the guy to be, or would he be saying, you should do something much bigger? You should be doing something much bigger, you know? Yeah. And that was, that's the biggest influence by far in a way. That, 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 that goes on in my mind. It, that, that's, that's great. Matt, every day we get to interact with purpose-driven leaders like yourself who've made an impact and want to share their story with other people. Now, if you could go back in time and you could tell yourself one piece of advice, it might be when you were you were struggling with figuring out how to overcome ADD. It might be when you were first looking at running for office. But if you could go back and tell yourself one piece of advice at the beginning of your own journey, what would it be? Which journey now? You know what I mean? Is it my journey through school when I was being made fun of and called mentally retarded because I took a small bus to school from first to fifth grade? That was a journey. Then journey on to college. When I was playing sports, and I really had to buckle down and get my stuff together and mature quickly so I could continue to get those good grades and graduate. And there's so many different journeys I've had. I can't call it one journey, <laughs> you know, but I'll give you an example of my early childhood one. I use it to this day. And that is that everybody learns a different way, right? And I found that out very early in my childhood with my attention deficit disorder. So what I did is I took so many different elements of what I learned in my special uh, education class early on in grammar school. And I learned how to, with the help of my parents, how to apply that same structure, meaning when it's time for me to memorize a script in wrestling or really delve into something where I'm reading, people cannot be around me. I've got to go up on myself and I've got to have my own space to myself where there's nothing to distract me. I could really barrel into that reading and I only have to read it one time. I could speed read. And once I'm done speed reading and get through it, I, I can understand every single thing that was written and pretty much memorize it and regurgitate it right back. So it made me really good with wrestling, actually. So it's one of those things where I take the same structure that was provided me as a child and use it in today's day and age, even when I'm going over so many, you can imagine the bylaws that get put in front of me or the different laws and regulations and codes that get, you know, selected upon me as a long with city commissioner. Now, those are very, very thick, you know, phone books of, uh, of uh, uh, different policies and things like that, that you've got to know upside down, inside out. So you can make a proper decision on whether it's a yay or a nay in favor of these uh, policies and, and codes. And uh, then you have to explain it to your residents as well and in terms that they'll understand. Um, yeah. There's many things like that, but it all goes back to my, my childhood and that early structure that was given to me through special education that I able to start applying on my own and then just got better at it and better at it as I got older. And so now it's second nature. Well, I, I appreciate that, Matt. So again, we've been talking with Matt Morgan, Longwood City Commissioner of District 4. Matt, tell our listeners where they can find more information out about you. Sure. For all my uh, Longwood City Commissioner work, fun that I have doing this job, along with some things about my family I'll add in there. You can go on Facebook at Matt Morgan for Longwood, and that's Matt Morgan, the number four. Longwood and uh, from like my own personal stuff, like passion for men's physique compete competitions and weightlifting and supplements and nutrition and dieting. Uh, my family again, things like that. You can check me out on my Instagram and Twitter. They both are the same address, and that's at sign BP Matt Morgan, BP like the gas station, Matt Morgan. All right. Well, Matt, that wraps up this episode. Until next time. 
You've been listening to Orlando Impact. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Securities offered only by duly registered individuals through Madison Avenue Securities, LLC, MAS, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, a registered investment advisor. MAS and the Life Wealth Group are not affiliated entities. AEWM and the Life Wealth Group are not affiliated entities. The Life Wealth Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. The Life Wealth Group is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency.